0: Hey there, this is Pussy Empowered Podcast, and I'm your host, Alyssa Aparicio. I'm equal parts, Bronx Bitch, and Mountain Witch, long hair, don't care, Spice Girls fanatic. I'm a Pussy Empower and Sacred Erotic Performer. I believe that when you untame your pussy, you access your power. I teach women how to do this with a holistic approach that incorporates mind, body, emotion, and spirit. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with one of my movement mentors, Apollo Sadiq, aka Mr. Ghetto Stiletto. Apollo is a renowned teacher, choreographer, performer, founder of the Banjee Boys and Ghetto Stiletto Girls. He took Hollywood by storm with his Ghetto Stiletto movement, performing and teaching in stilettos back when Men in Heels was nowhere near the norm. He has worked with some incredible artists and blazed a path for his own artistry where there simply wasn't one before. I've been training with Apollo for nearly 10 years now and performing with his troupe, the Ghetto Stiletto Girls for about as long. I've learned so much about embodying my own sexuality, feeling confident in my own skin and owning my pussy power from this man. In our conversation, we hear about his journey of daring to create the phenomenon that is ghetto stiletto his powerful approach to teaching confidence, and what pussy power means to him. All the while, this uh, interview was conducted on Instagram Live, so uh, the out-of-frame reality is that Apollo has a snake around his neck named Adonis, so if there's references to Adonis, then you know who that is. Enjoy. Welcome, Apollo. I'm so excited to get to talk to you on the podcast. You were one of the first people that popped into my mind when I was ready to do interviews and wanting to do interviews. And I just want to have conversations. I love having deep conversations with, with artists and and thinkers that are doing shit that's outside of the box. So I'm just so happy you're here mm-hmm. to talk with me. Oh, and thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> duh. Um, <laughs> but first, I just wanna share about kind of how you entered my life and the role, the impact that you've had on my life. Um, and that is that when I first moved to LA, which is 10 years ago now, which is insane. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I moved to LA from New York and um, my friend Marima, who you also know, told me that yes. um, that there was a dance teacher I needed to learn from. And it just so happened that you were teaching heels. Like 10 minutes walking from where I was living in Hollywood. And so I first went to that class and I walked into that room and there you are in your giant stilettos and all the swag in the universe and all the bad bitches in that room. And I was like, holy crap, where has this been all my life? But also like it was fucking intimidating. But it was I knew I had to be there. I knew it was the place like I needed to to be and what I wanted to grow into and the women that were there, the men that were there, the all different kinds of people that were there and everybody just owning who they were. And I was like, this is what I fucking need. So I was so grateful to have stumbled. Oh, into thank your you class. so much. And no, when I saw you walk you. in, I was
1: like, wow, who is this girl? Who is this tall legs and <laughs> long hair? Who is this spicy individual? Like, yeah Oh my God. I was so like, wow
0: like yeah ah and i love it so, so, shy. so i control. love hearing that <laughs> <laughs> comparatively like you really helped me yes. go into the dancer that i am the woman that i am owning my sexuality and how much of a journey that's been for me and just um getting to perform and you believed in me as a dancer when i wasn't believing in myself and just put me on stage Hello. and And just, it was, your class has been such an important part of my life. So thank you. Thank Um, thank you. And and for clarification, Apollo teaches Ghetto Stiletto, which is is exactly what it sounds like, or better. (laughs) (laughs) So Apollo, can you tell us about Ghetto Stiletto and about um, you, the work that you've done to become uh Mr. Ghetto Stiletto and who you've worked with along (laughs) the years just tell us about yourself like where you're from all that good stuff
1: okay so um I'm from Tampa Florida originally um and I moved out here in 2009 and um before I left I started you know playing around in hills like you know doing performances you know having my girls dance in hills um how I actually got Dancing in Hills originally was it was a bet with one of my best friends, and he bet me about going to a Hills class. And he was like, Oh, I bet you won't go to this Hills class. You know, it was like $20 or something that we bet or whatever. So I was just like, okay, well, you go get you some Hills. I'm gonna go get me some Hills and we're gonna meet up at class. So we met up at class and I fucking slayed. (laughs) Of course. It was like my first time. Yeah, it was like my first time being in a pump like, for real, for real, not just, like, playing around, like, being funny with my friends, but, like, really, like, taking a class, you know, learning choreography, and it was, like, I felt this energy that I never really felt before, um, and when I, yeah, it, when I put them on, when I took the class, just the, the, the vibes, and just, I don't know, it was just very different for me, so ever since then, I had, like, this little relationship that just, hills or wanting to be in hills put my girls in hills um etc so when i moved out here um i was i got out here on being on tour and the tour ended in san diego and i kind of just moved here i kind of left my whole life in tampa girl what are you just staring at me you hear me talking okay um (laughs) he's like i've heard this story so many times now
0: I've never heard this what story, so I'm excited. I know. I know, like I know.
1: <laughs> She's like, "Mommy, I'm tired." Okay, so um, yeah, so um, the tour ended in San Diego, and I had I just decided I never wanted to go back. So I literally took a bus from San Diego to LA and started my life out, there. like just literally like a dollar in a dream, little money I had left from the tour, some money I saved, and yeah, I left. An apartment, I left my dog, like I left everything back home to like just literally start a new life out here. I knew maybe like two people, kind of, but not really. It was like we had met maybe once, or it was somebody I knew that we were cool on MySpace, you know, but I didn't really know anybody out here. So when I got out here, um, I was just trying to decide. Well, I knew I was going to choreograph, that was never a question. But you know, when you come to LA, it's always like, well, who are you? What are you going to do? What's special about you? And, you know, all those different things. How are you going to separate yourself? And, you know, at the time when I had my dreads, that was like a thing. It was like, well, the dreads wasn't really a thing. It was like, well, guys, you need to be clean cut, especially if you're a black guy. It was like clean cut, you know, or maybe braids or something like that. That was the look of dreads. It was like no one had that. So that was already a thing that made me stand out. Like, not so much in a good way, it was like a half and half a good way and a bad but um, I knew that I wanted to teach a Hills class when I came out here. But when I first came out here, that was another thing people were like, and you need to stop doing that, talking about this. And I was just like, what? Like, this is LA, like, you know, you're supposed to be able to do anything that you wanna do. Like this is supposed to be a blank canvas, you know what I'm saying? So when I got here, I, you know, my first, like I say three weeks, I was kind of like down. I was kind of like, okay. Cause the main thing was this as a male dancer, um, it's going to basically put you in a box and you ruin your career. It's like, oh, you're going to ruin your chances for, you know, booking certain types of gigs and roles because, you know, you're being extra gay and flamboyant and stuff like that. So, like I say, for my first, like, three weeks, I kind of took it to heart. And I was just like, oh, okay, like, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe I need to, you know, just go the regular route and, you know, kind of just, you know, do what most people do when they come here. Just, you know, be a dancer and just, you know, take class, and you know, not say, not try to teach or be a choreographer. Like I said, three weeks, and that was it. I was over that. I was like, "Bitch, please, um, I'm gonna do what I want." Yes. <laughs> I didn't come way. I didn't come way out to L. A. Oh, and then I had a snake too back home. I also had to leave um, him. I left like literally, I left everything. His name was Morpheus. That was the snake that I had back then. I had to literally leave everything. Um, car, everything. Left it all. come out here so i'm not going to do that and come out here and then just put myself back in a box you know what i'm saying i came out here to expand and evolve and open myself even more Mm. and to be comfortable doing that so to come to a place to where i thought i was able to do that and then for them to be like oh no you can't be what you want to be you got to be this so i was just like no so um ghetto stiletto specifically started when um i was walking i remember i was Walking, by the, walking in Hollywood my first time, and I just happened to pass by IDA. And I was like, damn, yeah, studio. Like, seeing the sign, and I walked up. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I, I never heard about it, never knew anything about it. So asked for a little information, et cetera, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But didn't really pay no attention. There was a um, choreographer named Kamari um, that I had been taking class with, training somewhat under her, and, you know, befriended with her and stuff like that and she was just like um you know i talked to her about you know wanting to teach and stuff and she think about coming to IDA, introduce you to the manager oh you know, just you know talk to them see what you, you know can maybe figure out so i was like cool so did that one went to ida set up a meeting went talk to the manager and I was just like, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. But she was like, this is Apollo, you know, your class, et cetera, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. So I had the meeting with her. And in the, in the meeting, I didn't, because ex- I got all these other reactions when I came out here from people that were either already working or someone in the industry or they've been here longer than or et cetera. So I didn't really know how that was going to play out. So I didn't really think as far as a name for a class mm-hmm. <laughs> it was more so like I just want to teach a hills class and then that was like it and I was like well that's that's all I knew I didn't think of the name or what did I wanted to be called or any of that stuff mm-hmm. so in the moment she was like oh okay that sounds really really dope like you know like she says like you're really good or whatever so I think we can do it so um what's your class called I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm looking around the room. I'm trying to find it in the air, trying to find the words, trying to find something. And I'm just like, well, you can't just call it ill's class. Like, that's not fun. So I'm just literally started kind of thinking, I have of back to just my experiences, my club experiences, other experiences, strip club experiences, just like all of those experiences from being back to Tampa, just everything as a whole And I was like, damn, I was like, ghetto. And then I'm like looking around the room and I'm just like, okay, so you got that part done. (laughs) What else? else?" And then I was like, yeah, so so then I'm like, stiletto? (laughs) And she's like, oh my God, I love it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. That's all, that's perfect. And I was just like, yeah, girl, ghetto stiletto. Literally born in that. If that's what I'm saying, when I say it, ghetto stiletto was born at IDA, it literally was born inside of her in the office.
0: Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you just born. pulled that out of spirit. You were like, Ghetto stiletto, perfect. No, brand. like seriously,
1: yeah. put, I seriously pulled it out of that. Was definitely a spirit guide directed thought
0: <laughs>
1: that came to me during that time. But, um, I but when and when I said it, even though I was questioning it when I said it. It was almost like it just, it felt right when I said the name,
0: mm-hmm. you know what I'm
1: saying? And it wasn't like I was actually trying to be a gimmick or anything like that. And then at the time too, ghetto wasn't something that was so acceptable, mm-hmm. you know, like people it was just like, oh, ghetto, like back then it was like ratchet and stuff like that. That wasn't really what was selling, you know, that wasn't the thing to be or to be you know it's like if anything it was like well that's too ghetto you want to cover that up or you know, like you know right. you know you want to you know pull your pull your pants your shirt together you know so too much brush. you know what i'm saying or just certain things during that time in the industry that wasn't you know that just wasn't the theme of the era at that right. time and then also boys teaching in hills wasn't a theme of the era either you know what i'm saying like, no one was doing that really no one was doing that. Like you had Jante. Now Jante had been doing it for a while, but Jante was in New York and then he moved to Japan. And then that was like the end of that. Like when he moved to Japan, it was just like this. So Jante to me was like the Beyonce of dance. Mm. <laughs> like Jante, uh people wondering who Jante is, if you ever seen Freakum Dress, remember the guys in the beginning of Freakum Dress that was doing all the stuff with the clothes and yeah. stuff like that. That guy is Dante. Like, he can literally do anything in heels, from tumbling to hip-hop. And then he was very um, androgynous how he did his things. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could get in some Tims and bust choreography and then get in pumps and bust the same choreography and execute it just as well. Mm. So, Jante, out of anybody, because I never, other than him, there was nobody else that I ever saw. And then when I came to L.A., there wasn't really anybody teaching that. And if they were teaching it, then it wasn't so much like publicized or it wasn't really out there. But when I came here specifically, there wasn't really the guys teaching hills <laughs> like mm-hmm. that. So and then, too, it, like I said, it wasn't a main theme or it wasn't like a class that was built. There wasn't like a place that you can go where it's like, oh, I know I can go to this class and I'm specifically going to learn hills training. You know what I'm saying? That that this wasn't it. Especially anything that was ghetto or any of that sort. That mm-hmm. it just wasn't really happening at that time. Because, I mean, it was more men dance like men. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a man and masculine, that's what you need to, you know, fear towards that area. And if you are feminine, you were put in a specific category. Like you're vulgar or maybe you're drag queen or, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. But, with like say, overall, just being in pumps, or you might do it for a show or maybe a music video, but as a consistent thing, that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't, like I said, that wasn't a theme of the era back
0: then.
1: Right. So, and as as time went by, um, I was very happy to see how it was received because um, when I was in Florida, even though I did it, Florida and just the South in general It's not saying that it's closed-minded, but people are just more like, wait, what? You know what I'm saying? Because the creativity of it, they're just like, okay, you dancing heels, so that means like you do drag or, you know what I'm saying? That was like the themes I would get from back home. So being out here, it was more so like, oh, wow, like that's really cool. Because overall, people understand entertainment and the arts, so they wouldn't look at it, you know what I'm saying? There's just like everyday people, like, you know, especially like when it came to straight men you know, straight men were way more accepting of what I did out here than I feel like they would be in the South. Like, because they really looked at it. They understood, well, this is LA. Everybody's doing something or whatever. But it was interesting that I had more people outside of the industry that was accepting of it Mm -hmm. than actually in the industry, I guess you could say. I guess more dancers, I would say, at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, at least the ones around me, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it came to the industry, though, I would say that I booked more jobs because of ghetto seletto than I did without it. That didn't require me to be in Hills mm. because when they would see that I did that, they were like, "Oh shit, you can do that. You can do anything." Like, right? Know? So I would get that. That was like, "That's not specifically what we need you for, but we know what we can use you."
0: For. Right.
1: So me, um, just being, um, pushing myself towards, I guess what I felt I wanted to do. Cause it wasn't like, oh, I just want to do something so I could be noticed and all that stuff. I was already getting noticed just because of my hair. Like people would be like, who's that boy with the dreads? You know, I really wanted to do something that just felt right to me. Yeah. And I Yeah, and like I say, the power that I felt when I put on a pump and then the power that I saw like when I would teach like classes and while I would put my girls back home in hills. The energy that would change inside of them, I noticed that it was like some of like a like a confidence lifter and empowerment, and yeah, and it just wasn't. It didn't come from a place of like, oh, I'm a dancer. It's just like, no, I'm a woman. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's the energy that I started to feel when I would put my girls in heels, and then even as I started teaching the class, in the beginning, I knew I wanted to teach heels, but then when I really saw my class changing women and how they move and dance and felt about themselves and you know how i just started seeing like evolution in people throughout the class and just how being in a pump how much that could really change a person internally just the fact of being in a hill (laughs) you know what i'm saying that makes them feel and then the fact that you can do it and have confidence and feel beautiful and strong and powerful all at the same time so seeing those transformations happening in my students is like what have really evolved the ghetto Soleto in my class even more from when I first started. As I say, when I first started, it's something I wanted to do and it was an idea and I wanted to teach, but I didn't realize that it would turn into more of not a dance class, but a confidence builder, you know what I'm saying? Like more of an empowerment just for women but just anybody in general Mm -hmm. who came to class you know and i didn't really yeah i didn't know that that's what it was going to turn into but it did and once i saw that no matter what i heard from people or their perspectives or whatever it just it i didn't care you know because i felt like this is what i meant because for one i i never felt uncomfortable doing it i never felt like i wasn't supposed to it's like well you're only doing this. And also, too, I never got bored with it. Mm. Never got bored with doing it, being in a pump. And I also got over the fact of it defining who I am as a man. Mm. That's the other thing that a lot of guys, it's hard for them to do it and still, I guess, maintain their idea, the perspective of their masculinity. And I got to a point where I just, I didn't care. I didn't let that affect me. <laughs> you know, I was just like, whatever, because I still know who I am as a person. And, like I already knew it's like hip hop was my roots, and just freestyle and stuff like that, so I didn't really have to worry about, oh, what are people gonna think because y'all I bust hip, you know hip hop just as hard as I do my hips, yeah, so yeah, so I didn't really so much focus on what are people gonna think or are they gonna put me in the category. I was just like, if anything, I'm just really showing people my versatility, and that I'm just not. Which is fine, wherever you want to be artistically is where you want to be, but for me, I wanted to have that duality within myself and my artistry, if that makes sense. So, yes. yeah, that's kind of like a little beginning of Yellow Stiletto. Yeah, and I never <laughs> and, like, heard the, this you know, whole story.
0: And, uh, I never yeah, heard this, so like, that's yeah. so so cool to hear how it came together. Yeah. The origins. Um, and yeah, when, when anybody watches you dance in any style, you just ooze so much confidence and and something that you would say and you continue to say, I believe in your classes, uh, is that this is a confidence class and something about putting on the heel and the space that you hold that is so, um, welcoming and so encouraging that allows Mm -hmm. us to find that within the confidence within ourselves and to practice that. And, um, so I'm wondering if you could say more about that journey with confidence and how you came to feel so comfortable in your skin, no matter how you were showing up. And was it always yeah. that way for you? Or like, what was that journey a little bit? When it, came a little bit. To,
1: when it came to being confident, like I never, like back home, I never really had like, an, I never had an issue with that. When I was younger, when I was like bigger, I used to be a big boy when I was, like, in, school, in high school. But even then, I it, it was more so um, comfortability within myself and how um, not so much women, but men would be me, especially, like, in dating and stuff like that. That's more where my confidence used to be kind of hidden. a little bit. Because mm. when it came to other stuff, I'm, like, these! I'm in this pump. Like, I dare you to try it. Try me, whatever, blah, blah, blah you know, yeah. but when it came to just my personal life and how that was affecting that, because uh, sidebar, my parents didn't know about ghetto stiletto until I was 26. Mind you, I moved here when I was like 22, 23. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so like saying like that whole perspective of just my lifestyle, they just knew that I was out here teaching and choreographing and stuff like that. They didn't know I was teaching hills but than the outside perspective, like relationships and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? And especially with guys too, because it goes back to how people want to define you to be a certain way. In my career, entertainment, once I got here and I realized that anybody really keeps just doing whatever the fuck they want to do, mm-hmm. then I got over that part when it came to the industry is concerning. Like, I will go to I will go to the regular auditions in a pump.
0: Mm.
1: Why are you at the hill? Because I want to show that I can do this in Slater's choreography in a pump. Yeah. <laughs> I used to just do that. And that, to me, it was for me. That was a test for me, just to, you know what I'm saying, in that space. Okay, well, no other guys are in the pump or whatever, but you're the one in the pump.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you need to be? No, but I want to be because I'm doing this for me. You yeah. know, um, this is my training, my test for myself. Like, I will take classes sometimes. I will come there in the pump, you know, not trying to show out because, like, I'm training for myself. This is training for me. And especially then, there wasn't that many hills classes going on. There were maybe like two, like maybe three or four consistent hills classes to go to, but there wasn't like like today where it's like a, almost a hills class on every. Well it was before COVID, a hills class on every hour, you know. But um, yeah. So as my as I continue to just grow into myself, and once, especially once I told my parents. Well, I'm not going to say that affected me because was completely different sides of the world. They're not, never was like internet savvy and all that stuff. So they never would go online and see anything like that. But once I was able to have that conversation with them, then I got to be able to share my career a little bit more with them. Hey mom, I'm doing this. Hey mom, I have a logo. Hey dad, this is, you know, this is, um, I have a, you know, business now. I had an LLC. Like, you know, I was able to, give them a better understanding of what I was doing out here. And I felt more, um, what's the word? I felt more connected to myself because I felt like just out of everything else that I had going on, those personal connections that I had, like with my family and then just like relationships and stuff like that. I felt that cause I was like, how can I be confident in everything else? But then my internal connections, I'm still not being able to really be myself,
0: mm. you know,
1: and be able to say, hey, this is what I do, you know, like I teach in hills, I'm, you know, it's not really a, a knock or anything on myself or who I am or to explain it as well. Because that would be the thing too I would get with some people, if I will do drag, and I'm like, well, no drag, is a completely different art form, you know, that's literally yes. dressing up, makeup, hair, like I don't do makeup, I don't do hair, I don't nails, like I don't that's just not my thing like you know what I'm saying and I just is literally the hill for me that's what it is literally the power of pump. yeah so um yeah so that's pretty much as I say time has gone by and then like today I feel that like I've seen so many people from when I first met them like you for instance seeing just how much you've grown from when I first met you and even when I think that just, you know, talking to different people and hearing my girl's stories, hearing how you were when I first met you versus what I saw when I first met you and hearing where you were. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw you, it's like I, the girl that I see now, I'm like, yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the same girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I saw the fierceness, I saw the lioness. I saw the sensual radius. Like I seen it all. You know what I'm saying? Like it was no question about it. And I just was like, ooh, but does she see? How can I bring that out of people? I think that's like one of my things. Like when I see people have certain gifts and they're not aware of it or they're not fully comfortable with displaying it to the full extent, it's like something inside me has to like pull that out. It's like, bitch, do you know that you're fucking sickening? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do you know freaking amazing you are or how beautiful you are or just anything whatever it is that i see i always try to enhance those qualities in people and you know and it's not even like oh i feel like i gotta be a builder there or something but i feel (laughs) it's a disservice to not let a person know that they're dope like if you're walking by someone and you see they have something bomb on are you not going to be like Oh my gosh, I love that dress. So I love those pair of heels or your hair. Oh my gosh, that haircut or whatever it is. It could be a fucking car. Oh my goodness. I love that Mercedes. It's like anything that you feel or deem to be something that you can give someone some type of positive energy about or to make them aware of something that they might not have known that is positive about themselves. I feel those things are important. Like that's how we're supposed to be like, that's how we walk by. So like the other day I saw this lady. And I think she was so surprised for me to say anything because um, she had, it was like, um, she had like, it was like, um, I don't know what it was. It was some get up with a shawl and a dress and like this other thing. It was like a wrap and it was just so colorful and bright. It was just so weird to see her standing out in front of just everyone else. It's like, this is the only thing you saw. And when I walked by her and I was just like, oh my goodness, excuse me. And I don't know what she thought I was going to ask. But I was like, what you're wearing, I was like, it's 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 really unique and it's good. I was like, I've never seen anything like that, and I just had to tell you. And she was just like, oh my gosh, like you know, like you know, thank you, like you know, I just threw this on, like you know, and I know it's bright, but mm. <laughs> she was like, this is just what I was feeling today, and I was like, well, whatever you were feeling was the right feeling to feel. Yes, I, was like, I enjoy. It. <laughs> so I told her I said I I'm enjoying what you're wearing is giving me joy to see it. So just know that if anyone else is feeling it, I'm feeling it. I
0: love that. And that comes through so much as you, in you as a teacher, the way that you, the way that you encourage us to be ourselves. And it's not like you're trying to teach us how to be you or how to be a copy cutter, a copy cut. Whatever the cookie cutter version of uh, sexy, it's all about yeah. connecting to your own <laughs> inner sexuality and letting yourself. Uh, and and it the way exactly. that you um the way that you teach is always so positive, so encouraging, and it's like finding the the gem in the rough, like all of the layers that we <laughs> are holding like ourselves under all of the bullshit that we're thinking in our heads. Like for me, I was so fucking caught in my head. Mm. And I was so, I had such a hard time of just being in my body and like connecting to the choreography because I was always thinking, am I doing it right? And that you always um, saw past that. And that the way that you believed in me to just, you know, embody your movement and what you were trying to create, I always felt so honored that you were trusting me with that. And um, so it's been really (laughs) special for me. Oh yeah it's (laughs) it's true and that's gonna take me into my next question which is okay so something that i've um something that has been really important in learning from you has been allowing myself to be seen in class and having that practice space in class where we have that set aside time to allow ourselves to be seen by one another, like we do our sexy walks across the floor, we do our yeah. um, our ghetto walks across the floor, and just and the different kind of walks that you teach us, but we allow ourselves to be seen and as the only person going across the floor in front of the yeah. group, you know, and that has yeah. that was really a hard practice, but became so <laughs> important. And I noticed, like as a practice of standing and embodying my power like when i wasn't practicing that especially when i wasn't going to your class that i would slip yes. out of that i would forget that i'm a bad bitch and like it required oh, that no practice. you
1: can never forget that you're a bad bitch know, you can never but forget you know
0: it. what i mean i know that you that <laughs> yeah. when you're not um, yeah but you're not showing up and practicing it you it's easy to forget and like i think it's something probably yeah. that people are experiencing right now like not being I don't know people who like being seen or performers or you know being more in the quarantine yeah. space that it's difficult yeah well I just wanted to to say that that like it's been such an important practice of embodying it and I wonder how how about for you well, like uh,
1: can your... I just elaborate on that really yeah,
0: quick
1: sure. what you're saying because um if you, if the people that are watching if you don't know like you was saying in my class I have um I have different moments where you go across the floor and, like, I have different walks and stuff like that. But the main thing that everybody loves in my class is the sexy slow one. And I turn the lights down. You know what I'm saying? I always put some, like, nice, sexy slow music. I have some, like, little lights. I try to set the mood, you know, to just kind of get people out of that, like, I'm in class space. Mm -hmm. And just either get them in a more personal space or even, like, we have fun when we're at the club. always tell women like you don't realize when you're at the club that everything that i need you to do in class you're already doing at the club Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. without thinking about it you're walking in the club you're going to get your dreams you dancing with your girls not thinking about it until the night is over when your feet are dying and then you think about it but until then (laughs) you're just literally enjoying yourself because you're in a confident space Mm. you know what i'm saying but when we assign our when we assign our brains to a task then everything else comes along with it. When you're going out to the club, the task is to enjoy yourself, have fun, be a bad bitch, right? When you go to class, the task is, I'm coming here to train and learn. I think I know everything or I don't know everything that I need to know. So I need to come in here, I need to be focused. I need this, I need that, and all this other stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. But the only problem with that is for my class, you can't sit in that mindset. That's not a mindset you can sit in. So I like to have that moment before choreography. That's why we try to have those free moments Mm. before we go into
0: choreography
1: so that by the time I'm hitting the choreography, even if you go back to that assigned taskful taskful mindset that you came in a class with, you've been separated enough from it for a time being that you still feel like, oh, okay, well, I'm just here having fun. You've been broken down. Mm. So even if you have to build it back up, it's gonna take you that much longer to put your brain back in that space that you came to class with, mm-hmm. because you're still thriving off the energy that you just felt during that that moment, that across the floor, that slow walk. And as you know, during those moments, we have seen things in class out of girls you would never think you would see.
0: Yeah, you like,
1: did she just take her shirt off in her pants? <laughs> and now she's going across the floor in her drawers. Uh, like, okay, like we didn't yep. expect that out of her brand new, brand new student. Like, you know. first day he's standing in the corner looking scared as hell to walk across the floor but then when he turned the lights off that's when everybody's like boom i'm here Mm. now is my time the lights are low you can't really see me so you know what i'm saying and then once you gain that moment and that confidence you carry it through you carry it through the choreography and then you carry it through the energy like i said coming to class and practicing that and another reason i like to do that is because when a lot of people come to class They never get that moment. Some people never get a moment to be seen or never get a moment just for people to cheer and be like, yes, bitch, you know what I'm saying? They never get those moments. Mm -hmm. They're either at the back of the class, they never get called out, or you know what I'm saying? They're never the one, the first one to jump in a circle, or if they jump in a dance circle at all. But in that moment, in that space, and then you get to see the environment, you get to see, oh, well, damn, they're screaming for everybody. That girl went across the floor and she was brand new, and she looks just like me. She's not even taking a Hills class, and, you know, but they're living for her. Mm. Well, maybe they'll live for me, you know what I'm saying? And then when they start hearing that energy, it's like something you can – if somebody's cheering for you, how can you not get into it and just let yourself go? It's just like somebody's singing happy birthday to you, and you're just like, hey, happy birthday. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> infectious. Know? It's contagious. Then, like,
1: you know – it's, it's contagious and like it like i say it's an energy exchange
0: yeah
1: i get excited and people be like does he really know i genuinely be excited screaming to the top of my lungs like i think i probably said yes 20 billion <laughs> times in my lifetime since i've been teaching ghetto <laughs> celebrity because it's yes, yes. be
0: yes.
1: yes. <laughs> yes. like you know that that those are so genuine like i can't help it like Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that just comes out of me because I, I get so excited to see people breaking barriers. Like, I see people breaking barriers. I see old oh, layers being shed in those moments. I see stress and drama and addictions and all types of shit just being shed during those moments. Wow. And then for me, too, it's also healing. Those moments are very healing for me because the energy I'm putting back into you is all just circling back around and it's coming back into me. Mm -hmm. Like, there's been times I've came to class and I've just been going through it. And I'm just like, bitch, oh my goodness, I don't even know how to make it today in class. Like, I'm just not in the space or the headspace. And it's like crazy. I've never felt that way. And I've had moments where I came to class like that. And then as soon as I see my girls coming in, I'm just like, bitch, what are you doing? (laughs) Snap the fuck out of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, like, y'all class and you ladies, like, my girls and my guys, y'all have healed me so many times without you even knowing it. Mm. Classes, carnivals, like, all of those moments, like, like, yeah, all of those moments, like, just as healing and uh, evolving as it is for you, it's evolving for me as well because me knowing, or not even knowing, because I really didn't know what I was doing when I got here, but I more so went with the things that I felt. So, me seeing... That what I'm doing is working for people, and what I'm doing is actually helping people. If you come to one class and you never come to me again, but you gain something, some type of positive inspiration, you learn something new about yourself. A lot of times, girls come to my class and they do shit they ain't never think they could do before. They be like, "I ain't never think I'd be able to do something like that."
0: Yeah. And
1: it's like, well, you gonna do it today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and
0: and I, just you know, taking and, it. Like, this taking this space of confidence out of theory and putting it in practice like i get to embody this like like embodying embodying power not just thinking like i'm powerful i'm a a bad bitch but getting to stand in that and exercise that in such a free space is so important it's so integral and
1: yeah it's a practice it's a practice and it's funny i've never thought of that word to think of it as but it is a practice because like like people say you can forget yourself you can forget if you don't practice those moments for yourself yeah reminding yourself i'm a bad bitch reminding yourself that that's what i'm saying when people be like oh i I ain't did that in years it's like okay but you did it at one point you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so you know what it feels like you know what that energy is to have that moment so trying to bring yourself back like and that's what I don't think people ever know I'm nervous before I do anything that I'm a solo person, period. Performance, stage, even walk across it. Like, I'm always, like, I get nervous. And it never fails, no matter how long i have been performing. Every carnival, I'm always nervous. Like, I don't know if you ever notice. Sometimes I just get real quiet right before yeah. I go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of just be like... You know, like that's like being like a space. Sometimes I might disappear for a second. It's like, where's Apollo? Yeah, like, you know, because that's just I've always, I've always been that way, and to me, and that's something I don't I don't hide from. It's natural. It's natural for me, and I and I I what I do, I've learned how to use that energy, and to transmute it into something more. It's like you're nervous. Because bitch, you know you got to fuck it up, like, yeah. and like that's why you're nervous. You're nervous because you're like they're you're like they're not ready. You know what I'm saying? They're not ready for what you're about to bring. Even though I'm nervous as
0: fuck. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, and I don't but, know. It's like an excitement at the same time as nervousness. It's, an, it's like yeah, I'm it's about to unleash the genie, unleash the dragon.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. Sometimes that's another thing about my class that um. Like saying that building that confidence, because I and I still, which is crazy, I still struggle with that. I always have. I've always struggled with the level of that where it's like I'm right here and I'm literally at the point where I can switch, flip the switch. It's like okay, I'm pressure's building, pressure's building, boom, 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 boom. Now it's here. Now it's like okay, I can either go above the line or I can just stay right here. Right, and sometimes I have those conversations in my head while I'm dancing or performing or whatever, and it's like, okay, don't give too much. Just you know, give it just enough. Or are you giving too much? Or are you being too full out? Like I still have those moments in my brain, Mm. like where it's like, are you are you you going too hard? Maybe should hold back. You know what I'm saying? And that I've struggled with that sometimes. Like, and I've had moments where I've done that, where I look back and I was like, bitch. You know how you know you weren't going off because you can sit here and think about everything you were thinking about as you were dancing.
0: Yes.
1: Shouldn't be thinking. Right. You should only be fucking feeling at that point. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if you have time to think, you're not living in the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... That at is all. such a lesson that I've learned from you and that I've been inspired to teach about too is just like that space where you are not in a constant loop of thought that's actually the present. And the more that you're in the present, the more you're in your power, because the more that you're in this theoretical space, the less you're actually connected to what's really happening. Like this is your body, this is yeah. your hips, this is the ground, yeah. be here. because yeah. That's where you're powerful yeah. and that's when you feel alive. And when that translates, you really can tell when somebody's in their head versus when they're inhabiting their body.
1: Yeah, and it's this a weird thing. I don't know if anybody, I, I've said this to, to people, but sometimes when I perform, how I know when I'm in that space is when I go back in my mind to remember the moment, I view it almost, and it probably sounds a little interesting. I'm sure you'll definitely understand, but when I go back to view the moment in real time or think about it, the way that I view it, I don't view it as if I'm on stage. When I see the performance, I always see it as if I'm above myself when I'm looking
0: down. Yeah, that makes sense. I can so relate to so, that. Like it's I always, good. I
1: know that moment. When, I know that moment when I'm out of body because I've seen my memory. I can't think of being physically on stage. I can't think of anything else but the vision that I see. I always see myself looking down at performance like that.
0: Mm. So
1: once I realized that that was happening and I attached myself to that, I realized this is your moment where you really separate yourself from yourself to fully allow yourself to be free and do what you need to do on stage and to like fully feel what you need to do on stage. Mm. Not just think about it and go through the motions because. Most of the time, everything's in your body. Some things it's like, bitch, we here now. I can't fix it. Like, bitch, if you don't got the count, you don't got it. So,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> right, you know. What I mean? Replace so, it with and slack. Then, too, Figure it out, but just make sure you look cute. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I like, I've had, moments, I've had a lot of moments like that to where. I've even found myself going back and forth where it's like, I'm on stage and I'm up here and I'm on stage again and I'm up here. And it's like, bitch, you need to stay up here. You don't need to come right down here and start mm. thinking like, you know, so that's to me, that's also a practice. Having that moment to where I had to practice that as well, even in class when I would take class is cause when I take class, I'm like, like I am not a good class taker. Like, I'll be like, Oh my gosh. Like what is going, what was the count? five, seven oh five six seven got it like you know right mm -mm. right yeah it's a mental thing and i realized when i just come in class and relax Mm -hmm. and don't focus on choreography just focus on just movement and feeling when i started doing that and just focus on movement and focus on feeling everything it it changed everything for me and mind you I had to learn this and I'm like bitch you've been teaching since you were like 17 18 years old and you're like 26 and oh the light bulb just clicked like you know right
0: yeah you know
1: and it's like you're teaching it but then applying it to yourself also because I have been so separated from being a class taker because I started off being a teacher mm-hmm. I never started off taking dance classes I was like oh I choreograph for my friends or the step team or you know summer camp or whatever like we'll make dances and do stuff like that and then I was like oh I'm gonna start teaching and then I just started teaching yeah so I never really had a, a moment to where I was a class taker mm-hmm. so I really until I came to LA I took classes back home but I was also teaching so it was kind of like, and you know, you take classes from your friends, so it's different. But actually taking classes from, like, choreographers, who I'm like, oh, my God, you work for who and what? Never had that experience, so I moved to L.A. So for me, it was definitely a, I had to really separate my mind when it came to class taking. But once I did that, it was just like, okay, bitch, because then the performer could come out. Like, yeah. that's what like, because. I would show the class. I, I would show. I, I would show my ass in class. Like, mm-hmm. don't let me get this choreo, and please don't ask us to freestyle after because you're about to get a. Yep.
0: You are about
1: to get a. Oh, you about to get a show. Right. So yeah, but, you know, I mean, I feel those spaces are important. Even freestyle to me is so important. It is. Some people they're so focused on learning, and every people gotta understand everything you're learning isn't necessarily your movement. You know. So. Having freestyle moments allows you to understand, even though I'm moving this way because I'm taught this naturally, or not even just naturally the way my body moves, the naturally what I feel, this is naturally what I feel, not what energy or what the choreographer feels or the teacher feels or the whoever feels. This is what I naturally feel. This is my natural performance essence. This yeah. is my natural confidence because it's easy to grab someone else's Mm-hmm. And to so put it on you and wear it like a jacket, and then in those freestyle moments, what happens? You don't know what to do because why? You don't know yourself. You don't mm-hmm. know what you feel like. You don't know what it feels to have your essence on you in that moment. And you can be free. Yeah. So you're too busy trying to pull and pick from this person's class and that person's choreography and that person or what you saw on YouTube, and,
0: and then this that and happens that in real life too because when you are trying to embody your power or your sexuality or your sensuality and you're moving through space and just walking across the room are you doing it like you saw someone do it on tv because that's not you and that's not sexy to you it doesn't even feel sexy to you it doesn't feel good because you're you're dressing up (laughs) as someone else and it's not authentic it's It's not like connected and rooted in who you actually are
1: yes and then the two, and that's the thing that's why when it even comes to being sexy you can't be attached to your sexuality and be sexy and then you feel awkward or look awkward because it's not your sexuality yeah that you're trying to, that that you to vote you know what i'm saying it's like that's why that's another thing i love to see is the difference between all the ladies and especially that moment when they get in touch with the sexuality because that's the thing too that i've always wanted to um make a point for ghetto stiletto because some people look at it like, oh, that's raunchy or they're, you know, showing too much or doing too much or being whatever. And I'm just like, no, you're doing too much because you're the one putting your perspective on what they're doing because you're the one that's taking it like, oh, they're being overly sexual or you're taking it as, oh, they're just trying to show their pussy or whatever the fuck. And it's like, no bitch, what I'm doing is feeling myself.
0: Yes. (laughs) Amen.
1: The right that God gave me is to feel myself and be in tune with my body and my sexuality. And the fact that you can't seem to find this beautiful is on you.
0: (laughs) Period. Frame that whole sentence. That whole statement. Yes, so much yes, because. (laughs) <laughs> These are our fucking bodies to begin with, and whatever we do with them is our is is completely up to us. And if you are putting your limitations and boundaries that you learned from the society we live in, and you just can't even see that this is just nature, like our bodies are just nature, sexuality is just nature, you can't even it's see different. that or be in touch with that, then you need to come to class. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to uh, exactly. confront that. Yeah. Because it's it not it feel like freedom, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and especially with because I say I always say I'm not i I'm not a woman, so you know what I'm saying that there's some things that I don't understand, definitely, but I do know the energy that I feel and I do know what I see and I've been around enough women to just know certain things when it comes to that. And everyone has moments to where, especially women, I feel society has made them feel the most least confident about the things that we all as a society use this against them oh well we're only going to think about or talk about or use your body when it's convenient for us yep. money sex or whatever the case may be but when the narrative doesn't fit what we want to be about right now then it's oh it's shameful no put some clothes on you shouldn't be doing that potence and what this and like no, 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 no. Because you were for it when it was pointing you down or you needed to get off or whatever. You're yeah. all for it then. You're all for sexuality. But when it becomes about the woman, when it becomes about women empowering themselves, it has nothing to do with you, nothing about what you see, what you think, what you feel. I care less. I'm doing this for me. Then that's when it becomes a problem. And yeah. that's been always my thing. That's when people like, you know, your girl's always, yeah, my girl's up there being real girls. <laughs> They're being real women. Sorry, yet real bodies and everything. Sorry, you're not used to seeing that. I get it. You're not used to seeing that movement because that's how we're women move. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I need you. Yeah, I need you to explore and expand your thought process of women because there's all types of women out there. It's not one specific type or one specific whatever. There's all types of women and everything in society should be catered to all types, period. Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I'm so with you on that. I mean, I'm having the same problem on Instagram in general right now. It's like, you can sell lingerie on Instagram. You can have famous people doing pole dancing, but real people who are just being in their bodies, wearing the same shit that models are wearing, all of a sudden it's a problem in my account is under threat of being deleted for this reason you know (laughs) and it's like yeah because you're not making money off of me so that's why you're mad about it that's the only that's the context you see it's okay
1: yeah and other people and other people are mad because they're not allowed to be as free as they want to be yeah so instead of supporting or whatever they're like oh well i'm not i'm a shun. it's like bitch, please you wish that you could wear this dress or you wish you could wear this pump, or open your legs this wide?
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I stretch, I stretch, I stretch this pussy, bitch. I don't know about you, but I stretch this pussy
0: with <laughs> legs wide open. <laughs> I know exactly. What uh, do you mean? Oh my god, I, I brought a Creed in Creed. Battle down. But so <laughs> I want to I ask you this: What does uh-huh. pussy power mean to you?
1: All right, pussy power. What pussy power means to me, it's the woman's just natural essence that they were just born with. Mm. Like I always tell women, and I know you've heard me tell this too. Like, and I and I I think I've come to know this more because when I had dreads, there were things that I did that are deemed as feminine or just specifically for women, but they are because we want women it's long hair. Like I always tell women, when you're talking to somebody and you do this, it's like, yeah, so um you know like you know what i'm saying like just playing with your hair like stuff like that those are little things i like to consider pussy power people don't know that that you're adding a little seasoning to whatever you're doing at that moment you know what i'm saying like those moments right there just the natural sexuality of just a woman the way they speak the way they walk how they carry themselves the confidence all of that stuff to me that's pussy power having the having the type of energy to where no matter what, no matter what, you could be wearing a trash bag, and you're like, I'm the baddest bitch in trash bag. Mm, like that's yeah.
0: you,
1: you know what I'm saying. Understanding that being a woman, what that means, like overall, like when I say pussy power, no one would be here without the pussy, literally, <laughs> literally. So just the fact of that is powerful enough as it is. Mm-hmm. So. And just literally, just fully, when I say pussy power just is the confidence, confidence of being a woman, confidence in a woman's body, the changes that a woman's bodies go through, accepting those changes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that stuff, taking the things about you, no matter what society feels or deems, like even being body conscious, body size, all of that stuff. Trust me, somebody out there likes it, period. Uh, Somebody out there is loving it. They looking for it they looking for all the rolls, all the cellulite. They're looking for it all. Yes. They want it. Selling the titties, they're looking for it all. That's what they love and that's what they want. In some countries, this shit is like gold. It's like, uh-uh, I need a thick girl with some cellulite because that's what we like over here on this side of town. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And everybody everybody tries to pull themselves into all these different perspectives. Like, pussy power is taking those things that society deems about you to be negative or wrong or whatever and turning that shit and flipping that shit and saying, look, bitch, you might like it, but I do. And so do these other billions of people that don't happen to be So to me, that's, like, I guess to say the overall what pussy power means to me, just overall, period. And that's an energy that I feel only women can carry. That's the energy because, like I say, men, we don't go through all the changes that a woman goes through. Y'all literally evolve over time as you get older, period.
0: Mm.
1: Including your period.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so how, do you just, relate, how do you relate to pussy power? Because I feel like I've learned do do? a lot about embodying pussy power from you, to be honest, about, about embodying my own pussy power from the, yeah, uh, what I, you taught.
1: Yeah, I think because I've been in tune with my feminine energy and the fact of what it's done for me. And I'm not even a woman, if that makes sense. Mm. So to feel that power and I'm not even a woman and then to see a woman to not who actually has the pussy <laughs> and she doesn't feel it. And I'm just like, how can you not feel this? I only have a small dose of the feminine energy and you literally embody it. So if I can feel empowered just by the feminine energy that I have within me with the feminine energy that I get, how can you not feel empowered because you are the pussy power? Literally, you are that energy. Yeah. So that's kind of like how I say I can relate. Like I say, with the hair thing, me having dreads, if I want to have dreads, I would not have known what these things feel like or having hair. You know what I'm saying? The subtle things that women, where are you trying this? god trying to go to his favorite place which is underneath the couch not today. <laughs> I don't have time. no i don't have time to play let's find adonis today
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> i just have one more question before we wrap this up okay. and that okay. is that um we something that we talked about in person recently and something that i've been curious about chatting about which is around okay. twerking and um I know that in your classes and the speeches that you create, that you invite every woman, and that's been a tagline you've been using recently. Like every woman has a ghetto yeah. stiletto girl inside yeah. of them, and I wonder, like, yeah. if you could share a little bit about your perspective about appropriation and twerking, and um, and kind of the idea of ghetto stiletto, but you know, how somebody interacts with that space if they're not necessarily fit into a typical or like a if they don't come from a place where that is true for them or what, what, how you feel about about that? Does that make sense? So when it comes to, because
1: when it comes to co- a cultural appropriation, um, the thing that I think people don't understand about it, for one, a lot of people don't know enough about culture to call cultural appropriation. That'd be the first thing. Mm. You have to know enough about culture and another person's culture, whether to say they're appropriate. And then when people say cultural appropriation, you have to look at, is this person trying to just do this and this isn't true to them or they're not taking the steps to understand or learn what it is that they're doing or learning or et cetera. Or is this person doing this because they genuinely want to have this be like something that they body. This empowers them. This is something that they feel that they want to take the time to, you know what I'm saying, to pretty much add to the repertoire. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to twerking, especially, I can say there has been appropriation of that. But at the same time, when it comes to twerking culturally, there hasn't been a standpoint of where it comes from. If you ask most people, they don't know where twerking comes from. They don't know what it is, nothing. They just see people doing it and it's something fun and that's it. So when it comes to something like that, because it, there, clearly there's a whole history when it comes to twerking and something behind it. But as an American society, when it comes to twerking, it's not coming from a place of cultural anything. It's not something like, oh, in Africa or Brazil or anything like that, because all the different cultures, when it comes to moving your ass and your waist, is a lot of different cultures. And like you, Puerto Rican, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, when it comes to Spanish culture, if you've not been to anything or seen anything Spanish or anything from the islands or anything like that, just a lot of cultures use their, even, um what is it? Um, Is it India? I think it is. Where I've seen they also twerk there too. There's like I've literally seen them in the whole full get up. Like twerking and all that stuff. Like different cultural dances. And like I said, it all goes back to people's, their own perspective of what they're seeing. Mm. It's like, oh, well, this is twerking. So it's just whatever. Actually, it derived from this. And it's been Americanized into this. But it's derived into this. And when it comes to somebody holding a space, when it comes to arts, arts is supposed to be a space for everyone at the end of the day it's supposed to be if it wasn't a space for everyone most of the things that people are doing artistically wouldn't even happen because a lot of things have been fused and used and been influenced by this or that or etc over time you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so when it comes to stuff and like especially twerking because that's like the craze and at one point no one was doing that either that was not the thing to do twerking what the fuck and then now people want to i think nowadays people want to pick and choose when they want to feel or deem something is appropriate or either appropriating or abiding or whatever. They want to take moments when it's the purpose suits them within that time frame.
0: Mm.
1: You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to that, I feel like that's a space that like that's like me saying, oh I can't take karate because I'm not <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I I can't I can't eat this certain food because I'm this. I can't cook it. You can eat it but you can't cook it now you're appropriate Mm. you know what i'm saying like no it's not like that it's about intention that's what it comes down to what is your intention with this is your intention to do this just to make money and to never and then once you're good with that you just want to move on to something else or you're only doing this because that's the only reason or it's popular or whatever it has nothing to do with empowering yourself it has nothing to do with anything purposely to better yourself other than for personal gain that's it nothing spiritually know on any level physically Mm -hmm. like some people just want to do it just for the physical perspective you know what i'm saying but other than that i don't think it's right for people to shun people or to make people feel less of or not i don't know culturally proper or whatever because they want to partake in something else that isn't of their culture Mm -hmm. like that's what life is supposed to be about if it wasn't I wouldn't love Typhoo as much as I do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just so you know, like it's and it's like I say, it's for some people, you it's about an intention. It's about an intention. But once Mm. again, like I said, people have to understand things culturally before they can call something appropriation. And they don't. They don't know where stuff comes from. They don't know what cultures, traditions, or anything. They don't they don't they don't know that far. And even if they do, and if they did know. They should also know that artists are everyone. Some things now are clearly not supposed to touch. Like when it comes to some certain traditional dances and things like that, like that's on a borderline of respect. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to twerking, twerking hasn't been on that level of this is a traditional dance of this and that, even though it is, it has those aspects and prospects, but the way that people are doing it now, it's not, we're not conjuring no spirits or celebrating the dead, like that's not what twerking about in america mm-hmm. or anywhere at that point right now in the world when it comes to commercially doing it you know what i'm saying so that mm-hmm. feelings on it and i don't like to say out maybe p- other people might have a perspective of it but and also it's an energy thing too that's so i think it's just it's dance at the end of the day it's movement so you know yeah that's pretty much what i say about it. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts about that. There are, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so many different opinions about it and it is a complicated issue and um, it has been something that I have been exploring further as um, I just, you know, for me, integrity is important. And and if I don't feel like I have the, I, I always want to feel that whatever I am sharing or teaching or transmit whatever transmission that is done in a respectful way and yeah, that it is um that the people that I'm teaching too are aware of the history and uh, or the history and what is um and just aware about their own intentions when they come into it so it's been a really and, interesting
1: and nobody's taking those extra steps when it comes up to our class they're not talking about this is, you know what I'm saying? to that's, And that is extra steps, especially in America, because that isn't a cultural thing as far as America is concerned. They don't consider, they don't even know that that's, it comes from different cultures in other countries, Africa, across the board. Mm-hmm. They don't know, they just think like, oh, it's just this, or they just think, oh, that's just Black people, Black people's work. It's like, first of all, the definition of Black, that is a bunch of color schemes across the like <laughs> as it is so you just look at a person and automatically assume whatever you want to assume without knowing what they and even if they are a different color you don't know how the person is raised it's the household or whatever that's what adoption is for like you know so yeah and I think just bringing awareness to the fact of what you just said about just the intention and the space that the person's carrying their energy in when they're doing things like that, you know? And it's like, am I doing this because I love it and enjoy it and I have fun, or I'm doing it because my intention is to just steal a whole entire culture and bank off of it? Those right. are two different intentions completely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, to me, it all comes down to that, definitely.
0: Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, I'm really wanting to still, I'm intending to hold a deeper discussion around this because i
1: i think we should i yeah. think it would be great because it needs to be a discussion that's opened up for sure so people can really talk about it, you know
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i and i love talking i mean i studied anthropology and i love talking about different cultures and dance where mm-hmm. it comes from and just honoring where we are in that journey. Like it didn't come out of thin air and it's not gonna disappear yeah. into thin air and you have a responsibility too in how you interact with it to just honor it and exactly. honor yourself in that process too. Yep. Um, so the last thing I'm just gonna ask you is just to tell us about you and um, please do name drop name drop some of the people <laughs> that you've worked with because I know you've worked with some dope ass people. Yes. And also like yes, what you're working on now and how we can follow you and support you.
1: Okay, so um, definitely. And so I've had definitely the pleasure and opportunity. I've worked with some stars and artists. Um, I've got to work with Buster Rhymes and oh, Jesus girl. <laughs>
0: the snake.
1: Is, yeah, cause she's bored. Snake who wants she's all the attention. Over. <laughs> i know she's over the interview she's like can i get down like can i just go somewhere else like girl but um <laughs> she wants to go behind the couch she loves that space but um yeah i work with chris brown with bus rhymes um justin Bieber. um i've gotten to work with tyra um, DJ tiesto, tyra banks um, What did you I've say before that dj tiesto yes yeah, so yes yeah, Pyra Banks. Um, I've done stuff for M T V, TRL, um oh, thinking right my head. Oh, um recently this year I got to work with um e Entertainment. I did something with Meanie Leaks. It was called Celebrity Call Center. So if you call, you get to hear me on there. Um that was a fun job, actually. You know, so many
0: <laughs> people over the years just seeing you Yeah, Yeah um definitely your... been
1: blessed with that for sure to the people I've got to check work with um and to what i'm doing now um on top of just working on my brand and stuff like that and i have other stuff coming out i've been working on a project this is like a personal project for me um it's called every woman that i've been doing with my girls and the project is basically showing the two sides of what when like a woman is it's showing her everyday side of what she does like normal this is my normal life and then their ghetto soletto girl persona like mm-hmm. once they put their ghetto soletto shirt on, once they get that ghetto soletto energy, then they turn into that other perspective of themselves. So I've been dropping those projects throughout this month. I have two series that I'm doing. I've been dropping the first half of the series. The next month, which is my birthday month, November, I'm going to be dropping the next half of the series. So everyone, you guys can check that out, official ghetto soletto girls um, on IG, or you can look at official ghetto as well you can see those on there and yeah throughout the rest of this month i'm dropping two more and then i'm gonna be dropping the rest coming in november yeah. so um that's a yeah that's a that's something Alyssa's in there so you'll, yeah, be able you'll to see, see her. me she we had some
0: there. fun with that yeah that was
1: so much fun oh yeah Alyssa's is so all the girls is amazing and Alyssa's is oh my gosh i can't wait for you to see it actually it's so very good but um yeah and then now i've been working um um with my business partner, Dance Freaks. Um, y'all can also look at them, Dance Freaks, Instagram, IG, and um, now it's Dance Freaks Productions. And we've been working on our first production. Um, it's called When Worlds Collide. Also, i yeah, all my get us girls who are watching, I'll be needing like really soon because we have to shoot a commercial anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> for the show, so that will be I'll be sending messages out like really soon because I need to shoot something because you know I have the new gear and all that stuff, so I have to shoot. Super
0: but, um, new anyway, new gear. So, get us a stiletto, shirts,
1: shirt uh, and, and ho- crop hoodies, hoodies, hoodies and crop tops, yeah. So, so um yeah, so it's called When Worlds Collide, and um, the show is basically bringing all different perspectives of dance. It was produced by Dance Freaks, and the owner of Dance Freaks, um, she had this big, huge idea and this big, big, big concept that she wanted to build and bring together. And you have pole dancers, you have Caribbean, we have salsa. It's just a big mixture of all these just different worlds that are colliding into one. And yes, in the show, like I said, tomorrow It's a virtual show. Um, you can get tickets. You can go to Dance Freaks to get tickets and stuff like that. Um, I directed it and all that stuff and did creative direction as well, along with um, Erica, who's the owner of Dance Freaks. And yeah, it's just been an amazing experience creating this project and creating this dance company. Well, excuse me, not dance company, production company, um, working with this production company with Dance Freaks and I'm just really excited for everyone to see it. And we have so much more stuff coming up after this show, which I'm really excited for. So everyone just stay tuned, because you'll definitely be seeing a lot more of Ghetto Stiletto and my girls really, really soon. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so um, tune in guys tomorrow, if you can, to the show. Like I say when worlds collide, is Dance Freaks. Dance um, Freaks is with here. a PH
0: too, by the way.
1: Yes, dance freaks with a pH, you guys, and a Z at the end. Dance freaks.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Freaks. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that's and that's pretty much it. Just that's all I've been doing, you know, and just quarant being quarantina, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Apollo, and thank you for everyone who tuned in. I'm so yes, happy that I got so this chance got to really talk about some of these these this deeper underneath the surface of ghetto stiletto and pussy power and all of this thank you for listening in today i hope you found this conversation and apollo's story inspiring as always you can find more information about today's guest in the show notes and by the way i have a free gift for you if you sign up for my newsletter with the link in the show notes you'll receive my free guiltless pleasure checklist Check it out in the show notes as well or find me at sensual underscore radiance on Instagram. See you next time.